burning, seething hate. That's right. It's awesome. Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky, and joining me today is the incredible, my normal companion. You kind of just lost it there. I'm Sean. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh man, he's he's going for something new, exciting. He's gonna build this up. No, you you tripped over a pebble about five seconds into it. Sorry, but it was okay. It was okay. Well, that rounds out our year in review right there. I mean, that's how the year goes. Um, we're yeah. going to talk about just after Christmas, end of year. This is our last show before 2017. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about, and then we are going to have a year in review. Yes, the dreaded 2016 coming to an end. We're finishing it out. Uh, but to get us Good. started, did anyone watch the Alien trailer? Yes, I watched both the red band and the regular. How 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 does that make you feel? Being now remember being a sequel to Prometheus. I know, I know. Okay, so my only question is this the ship that Ripley and them find in Alien? I thought that was the one in Prometheus. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know because that same that same ship they show like a jutting edge of it through through the jungle. Which okay. I I don't know. I don't know if it's the same plan or anything. I just know this trailer gave me a lot better feeling than watching Prometheus. Now, yeah, I, I'm absolutely. not I'm not going to re- do a review of Prometheus. Prometheus was a little disappointing. It was an okay movie though. There wasn't yeah. the aliens, but we weren't promised aliens. We were told in the very beginning it was connected. So that's it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, come on, you wanted aliens. <laughs> Yeah, it, it. I like the look of this new one though. Oh yeah, I like it. I like the look of this. Covenant looks pretty cool. Looks like we're back to um, the hunter prey. You know, I mean, they are definitely being hunted down. Everybody in that trailer looks absolutely terrified all the time. Classic humanoid xenomorphs. Oh, absolutely is what it looks like. And I mean, that was the one thing I kept noticing. Like what I just said. Everybody in that trailer was scared. That was cool. We haven't seen an entire crew. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing that they're miners. They didn't look military. You know, I'm guessing that they're space miners. I didn't even think of that aspect of it. Yeah, you're right. I didn't see any big armored guns with uh, bullet counts all glowing on the side of them or anything oh, no. like that. One thing I would I would like to see I, I'm done with the movie being there's only one person left at the end. Let a couple people get out of there. Jeez, this is true. Well, I mean, we did get to keep Hicks for a little bit. Got to live. <laughs> well, and Newt. Don't forget. Yeah, they just uh, got killed in between two and three. Yeah. Now there there's a bad taste on three because of that. But I would We've argue discussed that. I We've know. Discussed it. I would just, argue that three is a good movie. I mean, you got Rock in there, uh, Charles Dutton. You got Charles Dance. You got. Uh, it's uh, not the cast, man. Ah. It's I, I don't care about the cast when it comes to that style movie. It, it's got to be. It's got to be the the story. And if the story's flat, then it doesn't matter who you have in there. 
Well, see, well, now, the story in that one was okay. That's what I'm saying. The story's okay. It's just that first act starts out rough being somebody who liked, loved Alien 2. Yeah, it's true. And then you move on to your boy, uh, Alien 4, that was written by Joss Wheaton, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I think it's Joss. They they must have been cutting their teeth on that one. Yeah. That is. Um, moving on to more recent news, though. Rogue One. Two two news items. Rogue One crossed $500 million worldwide, which... <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, have you seen it? I haven't contributed to uh, That's okay. I, I guess whenever you see it, we'll do the spoiler cast. So. Okay. All right. Uh, another news item about it, though. Originally... Jen's mom was going to be a Jedi. In fact, some of that still made it into the movie, but it's it's ambiguous. Uh, Jen's mom gives her a kyber crystal, which of course is the power behind a lightsaber. Um, and originally she was supposed to be one of the remaining Jedi that escaped Order 66. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm all for more Jedi because I just can't imagine that everybody you know, died after Order 66. Well, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, it's a big universe. Rebels covers a bit of that uh, when Ahsoka shows back up and some other things occur. Jedis are like Saiyans, man. (laughs) They're out there. There's only, oh, there's only one Saiyan. Oh, wait, no, there's three Saiyans. No, no, four Saiyans. There's, you know, five or six Saiyans. Wait, there's, yeah, yeah, but they're all extinct. No, 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 wait a minute. There's, there's, no, uh, Goku's the legendary Super Saiyan. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, there's actually a legendary Super Saiyan, but Goku's even more powerful than him. Oh, okay. This is true. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's all the news we've got besides Star Wars related, where Carrie Fisher had a heart attack oh, on an airplane. Oh, now, goodness. the latest, uh, as of 12 hours ago, uh, her mother reported that she is in stable condition. So she... I've seen a great thing on... Uh, somebody posted on Reddit. It I don't, And I don't know what movie it was from. It had a girl escaping in a car. And she was Carrie Fisher. And, like, the zombie was 2016. And it had her driving off. The zombie was chasing her. And she, she just gets away. And then the zombie runs into somebody else's yard. And the, there's a guy in the yard. And they put his name as... Uh, George Michael. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. But uh, uh that that rolls us into our next the best of 2016. Man, you forget in the year of bad news some amazing things happened this year. I mean, if we're going back what my favorites were, I have to say uh Captain America Civil War, obviously. These are in no particular order. Deadpool and Doctor Strange. Those are my top three for uh, the year. Definitely, without a doubt. Deadpool's amazing. I have watched it so many times. It's just unreal how many times I've really watched Deadpool. Well, that's so odd. I didn't see Rogue One up there in your list. Oh, never mind. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Uh, Deadpool, I agree. Uh, Deadpool... I mean, I expected it to do well and to be funny, uh, just because I knew a little of the backstory of, of behind-the-scenes stuff, but it blew expectation away. It was so great. 
it it nailed the character beats. It nailed the. It just it was it was just firing on all cylinders, and I think Deadpool was the number one surprise of 2016. I'll agree with that. It was amazing. Like so many people, I, I just still get cracked up because because we're in the know. You know, when we talk about oh man, there's going to be a Deadpool movie, we really had a sense of you know what we're going into what amazed me about deadpool is the amount of goofballs and stuff that took their kids to this and then just had no idea what they walked into some of them liked it some of them hated it like i know i've met a couple of people that they were adults and they went in there as a family and were just like blown away by deadpool and i was like you you realize what you took your children to, right? No. No. We we were just looking for a family movie, and it was on around Valentine's Day, and we had heard that there were good commercials about it, so we went to see it. The rated R didn't throw you off? Or the, the pegging? But, don't, but don't, a, don't, don't Google that, kids. But it's a Marvel movie. Mm. Yes, dude. Moving it's on hilarious. to more, to more <laughs> family-oriented movies. Uh, Captain America Civil War, ah, man, just... Uh, I that... watched it ha- uh, uh, Halloween. I watched it Christmas Day. Uh, we got up, and uh, while we were making breakfast uh, that morning, I threw on Civil War because it's on Netflix now. I will contend that from now oh. on, one of the best movie trilogies you could sit down and watch, is the three Captain America movies. And not not necessarily story beat-wise, but as a movie goes, Captain America, the first movie, uh, the first Avenger, is a really good origin uh, period piece. There's fun. Uh, there's war. There's great storytelling. There's action. There's the Red Skull. Uh, great acting. It, it's a really good movie. The, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I have watched that movie probably probably 15 times since I've owned it. Really? That's pretty cool. I, I, I can't get enough of that movie. It's just... It's the, a great movie. The, the action, the acting, the... The camaraderie, the relationships. Yeah. I mean, Robert Redford's your bad guy. I mean, come on. And Captain yeah. and Captain America: Civil War, being from the Russo brothers, same people that did the Winter Soldier, and being just it, it's it's Avengers Russo brothers style. Like it's 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 Avengers two point five. I mean, it's got everybody in it. Everybody, I mean, and the people who aren't there, you're not worried about because there's so much going on there and such great... You get two characters introduced in that movie and you're perfectly fine. The Black Panther, you know who that character is the moment that movie ends. You know where he is. You know where he's going. You're ready for a movie for that guy. Oh, yeah. And he just cameoed. Yep. Really, really well-told story. And uh, I and not to mention, let's just say we got the best Spider-Man we've ever received on film. 
and none of his origin was done whatsoever and it's fine it's absolutely fine don't need if if I'm telling you this right now. If Homecoming comes out and they retell an origin, I may walk out of the theater because I I, I don't need... Nobody needs it. We've gotten two in the past... When was the first Spider-Man movie? 2005? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Four or five. Anyway, everybody has seen the origin of Spider-Man. We don't need it. Move on. Moving on. That's right. And then the third you mentioned, Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, man such a fun movie really fun really trippy good story great acting just a good movie man i've already watched it twice more <laughs> right yes uh, yeah. and i will watch it again when it hits the melba uh along with rogue one which is my next movie star wars rogue one um you know is right under episode seven for me um it really really hit a place it really hit the mark they were trying to hit because they flirt with disaster in this movie. I mean, you're trying to tell a story that nobody knows, but everybody already knows where it's going, how it ends. You know, it isn't a perfect movie, but you you don't, by the end, you don't care. You absolutely don't care. The third act wipes away any tears or misgivings you had because it's just so... At that point, at that point in the movie, it, it's great. It's absolutely great. First third of the movie, like I said before, it drags a little. There are some noticeable things. There's a little too much fan service. The end fixes. So, uh, and and we'll have a we'll have a spoiler uh, on that sometime. Did um, you see the the close up? <clears throat> you know how there's people that go through and like nitpick a movie like. They'll pause a screen where there's a lot of people, and they zoom in to who each individual in the shot is and stuff. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the one for Rogue One? The the big scene where I guess there's a big group of them running out, and Jen's leading the way. They have an audience in the background, and somebody stilled it and then zoomed in. Guess who's in the background behind, like Jen's group? It's Jar Jar Binks. It looked funny. It looked pretty, like, I don't know. When I seen it, I was like, I don't know if this is real. But if it is, that's hilarious. Oh, So, on the other movies that were out this year, the ones that obviously uh, are still in the best, but did not get, you know, mine and Rick's approval, whoop-de-doo. Uh, there was BVS, which we both thought it was okay, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I say best of 2016. Some of these are just the best performing of 2016. Absolutely. And, and, and Batman versus Superman, it's serviceable. There are there are people who love this movie, and I don't begrudge them that. I mean, you got a really great Batman. You got a wonderful Wonder Woman. Uh, Superman is tonally off in, in his movie, in this movie. They need to fix it, but other than that, I would watch it again. I, yeah. I I don't hate the movie, but related to that, the better the better DC movie that came out this year, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Absolutely, I, I've already watched it again, and it it was I got the extended version. It gives a little more Harley Quinn, and it's it's good. It's it's good. I will watch it again. That's awesome. You know, I I feel okay about it. It's not horrible. It's just 
Uh, there are things that I wish were different about it, but I will watch it again. Surprising opposite of that is I went into Suicide Squad with high hopes and left slightly disappointed. But another movie that came out this year that I went into low hopes and came out surprisingly better than what I expected was X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, uh, the first part of the, the, the first act of that movie, you know, in the pyramid and everything, that was really exciting. Um, of course, we, we had the stain of the apocalypse pictures that came out and the color and all that kind of thing. Um, the movie itself, it's okay. It, it's not one of my favorites. I don't know if they'll continue with the performance it did, if they'll continue it. Um I don't know where they'd go with it, actually, because they've already done Days of Future Past. I mean, I yeah, guess... I, don't... I think you're left uh, waiting and hoping for a revival of, you know, maybe some X-Men versus Fantastic Four or something like that. I mean, really, they, they have the ability. Tackle it. Do it. Do it the right way. Get Marvel to help you and do an X-Men versus Fantastic Four. Well, you know, we haven't talked about this news, but um, there has been, uh, there was an announcement Marvel made. They are rolling out, well, let's start at the beginning. Since Marvel doesn't have the X-Men franchise, they have started rolling back their coverage of X-Men in the comic books, just like they did with Fantastic Four. Like, Fantastic Four currently doesn't have its own book. Its members are... Like, Reed and Sue are missing, Johnny and Ben. Like, Ben's right now a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Johnny's out doing something else. Now, they had done a similar thing to the X-Men. They have killed off Wolverine, they have disbanded the X-Men, some of them are with the Avengers, and this and that. But as this is ever since House of M, right? No, no, not necessarily. Uh, they... Uh, Early this year or late last year, they started rolling back the comics where they've had lesser and lesser amounts of X-Men showing up in places. Right. But now this year, uh, they announced, I believe last month, that they are rolling out new X-Men books, uh, features on X-Men, uh, X-Men Blue and Gold Team, I believe, is the one coming up in February or March. Nice. Um, and they are, there's a really big push behind X-Men from Marvel right now. Some are speculating that there was some handshaking behind the scenes and possibly uh, there may be a deal between Fox and Marvel coming that nobody has heard of yet. So that is exciting news, if that's true. But like that is speculation and rumor abounding. So I don't know. But all signs point to a change in the wind. I just don't see why you wouldn't when you know that there's literally billions with a B of dollars to be made. Right. I mean, all you got to do is look at the Marvel model right now. I mean, before Marvel, you would not do what they're doing with Robert Downey Jr. right now. It just would cost too much money. And Disney's just, like, making it rain. Like, let's go. Let's do this. I don't care. I'm making money. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, I spend a couple of hundred million here and there, but that's how much I make in a week. Right. I mean, you got uh, making money. Got to got to got to spend money to make money. 
Um, and on the Disney front, we also seen a banner year for them this year in their regular movies. Jungle Book, uh, Finding Dory, Moana, even Peach Dragon uh, was received well. And uh, the success of Jungle Book, speaking of Marvel being directed by John Favreau, he's coming back to the fall. He is going to do their Lion King live action movie. Um, and be it, amazing. he shows up in... Um, Spider-Man Homecoming as Happy Hogan again. Yep. Um, Disney has had a really great year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're not complaining. And Warner Brothers following up with their Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, their their rebranding of the Harry Potter franchise. Um, now, you haven't seen Fantastic Beasts, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I'm, I'm waiting. Both of those... Should have came to the Melba, but uh, the other theater here held on until Star Trek Beyond. So, I mean, I held on until uh, Star uh, Rogue One. Okay. So I will be seeing that in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's cool. Now, some of the worst films of the year. Well, I, as hold on, hold on. Oh, is there something else you want to talk about on the best of? Yeah, I did want to mention. Now, this this year. The reason I wanted to point out best of 2016, we have like three Marvel movies, uh, a, a Star Wars movie, a Star Trek movie, two DC movies, a basically Harry Potter movie, and uh, re retellings of our favorite animated movies from Disney. I mean... This year is a really, really great year for movies. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, to break it down like that, yeah, it's a great year for movies. Now, of course, that's to be tempered by some of the worst movies of this year, which, <sighs> why, why don't you talk about the part you want to do? Well, what I wanted to say was one of the worst movies of the year was Warcraft. Now... But I did not want Warcraft to be one of the worst movies of the year. I loved Warcraft. World of Warcraft playing WoW. Really, like, I mean, it, I can say it changed my life. I made friends that I speak to till th to this day right now that played WoW. I played for, what, 2004, to five, six years? I mean... I, I dedicated a lot of time to Warcraft, so I really wanted that movie to do amazing and to see it fall on its face. Not that not that the story was horrible, but they did not find a story to tell that everybody could understand. Like it was I the only reason I knew who some of the people were was because of the lore I knew. And they did not tell a good story. They did not do a good introduction. You you can't go out and make a movie strictly for the super elite fan and expect it to do well. Now, uh, let me ask you this. The, you're talking about story here. Now, do you believe that the story they told wasn't told well? Or that the story they picked wasn't the right story for this movie? Yeah. Well, first or, off, or both. What, what, I, I would say both, really, because the way they're telling that story, 
You have so much better lore that you could do. The fact that the, you you told a bad story out of all the lore you could have told. You told it poorly. You chose a, a really boring story. Then, the way you told that story, you eliminated a lot of other people in that the, on the horde side. On the horde, all we got was orcs. That is it. That is, I think, did we see any trolls? We may have seen trolls. But trolls and orcs, max, that's all we've seen out of all the horde. Like, that is ridiculous. That, that is true. Um, l- l- well, would you have went more uh, early Arthas? Or w- what, Dude, sto- what yeah. story would you have picked? I would I would have done the Burning Crusade. The they had a great story, but I would have told the story the way the books tell the story. You you could have done it. You could have you put this. I remember playing WoW, hearing about the Warcraft movie in two thousand seven. Eleven years you worked on this thing. You hired directors, fired directors, hired directors, fired directors. At some point in time. You should have said, this is the story that we're telling, and just shopped the story. That way, you would have known at least something was under your control. And maybe it's the fact that Blizzard doesn't do movies. They don't. They do great video games. They don't do great movies. Well, no, I would argue they do great They do great five-minute movies, because yes. the, the animation that comes yes. out of... of uh, the game releases is just breathtaking. Absolutely, like the but... the last one for what was the last release? Uh, Warlords of uh, uh, oh shoot. Anyway, they're the last yes. ad where they changed the past, where uh, yeah. Doratan didn't take the uh, the stuff from the Black Hand or whatever. Right. That that was really amazing to watch. Um, if that if that part of Blizzard made that movie, that a lot of people argue that that's what should have happened is that part of Blizzard should have spun out and made a movie. Um, but watching that movie, it, you know, it, it was kind of it was kind of something you'd see on TNT about eight o'clock at night. I mean, it was just a, uh, it wasn't that exciting. It it had kind of a cheap feel to it. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, there was a lot of money on that screen, but it just wasn't told well. The story wasn't told. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, now you finally seen a uh, movie that we had been busting its balls all year. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit. I did see Ghostbusters. I, I wanted to talk more about in this part about uh, like Independence Day resurgence. Independence Day was oh. one of the biggest movies of '94. But I mean, defined the, the modern summer blockbuster. And yeah. I can't tell you anybody who saw the uh, this movie. I mean, it's you know ninety four. How many years? That's twenty. Uh, twenty two years. Is that right? Am I crazy? Uh, anyway, you know we no waited money. twenty. We waited twenty two years for a movie, only to have it trip and fall flat on its face. Uh, you love Coen Brothers movies, correct? Absolutely, but. One of the even they trip and fall sometimes. <laughs> well, I've heard it wouldn't yeah. be their first time. A uh, Hell Caesar didn't do that well, and I I kind of want to. I still kind of want to watch it. I mean, it's got oh, a so great cast, yeah. But uh, it hadn't got great reviews either. 
uh, and that that puts a cherry on top of 2016. Besides, you know, all the people we've lost this year. Oh it's my like the goodness. worst year on record for people dying. I know this is ridiculous. I mean, and and we're not just talking about one aspect of media. I mean, like music stars, movie stars, uh, writers. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, just just yesterday, Christmas, we lost somebody on Christmas. We lost George Michael. Oh, I know, man. On Christmas, ah, uh, yeah. and I can't even begin. I mean. I, I wouldn't normally touch on this kind of thing, but there are so many people that influenced so much of my youth and my modern sense of sci-fi and geekdom that, I mean, I, 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 I think we should just not do a podcast if we were to skip over this stuff. I mean, uh, where, who, who would you like to mention? I don't, I don't, we don't have to do the whole list here. Right. But well, I, I did I mean, want to touch on, on, on people that meant something to each of us. The if I had to pick, you know, ones that <clears throat> meant the most to me, I would say number one's got to be Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two would be Merle Haggard. Boy, that's that's not where I'd have went for your number two. I would not have guessed that. Really? Where's Where's it, your Merle Haggard coming from, dude? You know where I went to school. Do you know how many times I drove down Lock Two Road jamming some Merle Haggard? Heading to the dam, and then get to the dam. You crank up the radio, you jump the lock, and you slide down the dam all day. <laughs> like that—that that was just a normal occurrence for people at my school on weekends. You know, grab a three or four of the four-wheel drives, and you drive down a couple of muddy roads and jam some Merle Haggard, man. And then, uh, for me, it's got to be Arnold Palmer next. I would have guessed. Um, I would have guessed Gene Wilder. But but I can see Arnold Palmer. Yeah, man, I'm a golfer, you know? I mean, I love golf. I watched so much of Arnold's swing and, like, read books by him. And, you know, like, like I was talking about his swing, analyzed his swing, hoping to even slightly imitate it just a little bit. And such an awesome person as well. Yeah. Uh, gosh, you know, for me... Ah, uh, where do I even start on this list? I mean, the the name that stands out the most to me when I when I look at this is probably John Glenn, and mm. and I don't know how to exactly describe it. I mean, as as the zeitgeist or 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 what I was taught as a child, you know, John Glenn, Neil Armstrong, uh, Buzz Aldrin. Mike Collins, you know, the the Columbia, the Eagle, the Atlas Missile, the, you know, the Saturn V rocket. Those things are, are burned into the, my memory. Those are American heroes. Those are what we, we talk about stuff on comics, but those men were real heroes. Yeah, like, that... They are superheroes. That, that was a part of my life from my earliest memories to... Today, I mean, involve the space program, um, just because to me it, in, it inspires imagination. You see people who who are knowingly making a decision that that put their lives in mortal danger every time they operate a vehicle, or 
they attempt to break a record. I mean, John Glenn, the first man, first American in space, of course, the first man in yes. space was Yuri Gagarin, the Russian cosmonaut. Right. Uh, but John Glenn was the first American hero to to make it beyond the threshold. You know, he 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 before him Chuck Yeager. You know, right. after him, you start naming astronauts. I mean, it's the the astronauts of the Apollo One mission that that yeah, John that Glenn was yeah. that last of that line to that he he flirted the edge. And I think you know. I think those were the what what missions were those were, that, were those the Gemini, I think so. Yeah, um, you know I, I was watching the TV and they announced it and uh, I of course said you know Godspeed John Glenn and, and then the the newscaster said Godspeed John Glenn. My wife looked at me. She's like, why? How? How did you know he was going to say that? I'm like, well, honey, it's it's what John the Glenn. it's what they said whenever he went off to space the first time but yes um you know and then of course there are the things that affected my youth alan thick being one one of the fathers on tv in my youth um uh you know david bowie being a uh, a a a music sound of of the time of my youth glenn fry uh yeah. prince uh gosh yeah, i still cannot believe that one that is just crazy uh, much, much like uh, whenever we lost Michael Jackson, I mean, same, same kind of thing, same kind of feeling. Uh, Dan Haggerty from Grizzly Adams, I didn't know he was still alive. I, there was a that's one of those urban legends things. Dan Haggerty, I thought passed away in the nineties from cocaine, which he had not. That was an urban legend that everybody believed. That is crazy. But Grizzly Adams was was you know part of my youth. Um, Gene Wilder, Kenny Baker, R2D2 himself, um, Gary Marshall, a guy that directed a bunch of movies that have uh, you know affected our youth. We lost uh, Anton Yelchin, um, yes. you know, uh, this year. You know, rising star, Star Trek. Uh, he did that new remake of uh, Fright Night, which he was great in. Uh, Dude, we, did I tell you I watched Green Room? No. Uh, amazing movie really yeah i heard oh, uh, sir patrick stewart talking about it oh i watched it and it every time i've watched it twice now and i'm like damn i was like it sucks that anton yelchin's dead because he did such a good job in that movie mm-hmm. uh, and then we lost the great one muhammad ali yeah yeah i mean you couldn't not be uh, not know who Muhammad Ali was. I mean, he was just a presence, a, a force of nature. Um, you know, back to music, Leonard Cohen. Uh, modern pop culture, Ron Glass. Uh, back to youth again, a mom of our youth, Florence Henderson. I mean, ugh. <laughs> it's got to stop. Moving on to bigger and better things. Uh, what have you got for Lost in Time this week? Oh, this week for Lost in Time, let's see. I have... <clears throat> Dude, okay. What was the first slime you ever got? I remember Ghostbusters had slime. Um, like we talked about last week, the Horde Pit had slime. I, I just remember there was different types, and then there was Gak that was the Nickelodeon. So what was the first slime you had? Was this like Double Dare slime? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. 
Definitely. Double Dare. I bet you they probably used the exact same slime, but you remember you can't say that on television, don't you? I didn't have uh, cable. Oh my goodness. Okay. Like so the on- Nickelodeon. Like Double Dare, I only caught because like my cousin Matt would watch it whenever I was over at his house on Nickelodeon. That's awesome, dude. It's just funny to sit and think about Matt watching Double Dare, like cheering for Mark Summers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Anyway, um, no, the the so Nickelodeon had a. Uh, th- this isn't even about. I'm still talking about slime, but you can't say that on television. Was a, another show on Nickelodeon, where every time you say the word can't. A bucket of slime got dumped on your head. Fun fact, it's also the show that Alanis Morissette got her start on. Nice. And that's all I had really was slime and stuff like that. What did you have for uh, toys? Mine are forbidden toys. The toys that I could not get. For some reason, I couldn't get anything at Radio Shack. It was too expensive. I, th- I believe Radio- I was told the same story. Radio Shack was kind of the mecca. I mean, whenever you were young. I mean, Radio Shack, of course, when you're older, realize, oh, they had the knockoff toys and the and the weird electronics and stuff like that that aren't for kids. But there was a certain point in your childhood, you walk in there and go, oh, my God, I want everything in here. I want to figure out everything in here. Yeah, absolutely. But of course, Radio Shack had the famous uh, Shackwave, the knockoff of uh, Shockwave that was gray that you could get because uh, Hasbro didn't have the exact right license so they could sell another version of it over here. And then they had the robotic stuff in the 80s where it had like the arm, the remote control arm you could get that could pick up stuff or the, oh, yeah. or the other version of it that actually had a robot, but it was, it was just a, a shell over the other part of the arm. Dude, and, I just remember going in there and finding all sorts of cool stuff. I remember once I got into... Uh, uh, being a teenager and had, you know, me, me and all my friends, you really didn't, but we all had systems in our trucks and our cars and stuff like that. Radio Shack was where you went for all your quality connectors and everything you actually needed to have a decent stereo so you didn't, like, you know, burn stuff up and cause fires. Well, now, was your dad, being in electronics, a big Radio Shack guy? Oh, yeah, dude. We went to Radio Shack all the time. You know, I mean, I I worked on, you know, the the my first electrical kit and all that stuff. Cool. I've, Absolutely. I've, I've, to this day, I kind of want to buy one of those. Dude, I, I believe everybody should. You, you should have one. You should know how stuff works, especially electronics. They're fun, too. Um, And that was... That was all I had in, in Radio Shack. Now, when it, yeah, it comes to my show, do you remember, did you watch Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Are you talking about the, the game show or the actual cartoon? Well, if you remember, they, they were on back-to-back. Oh, okay. At, at a certain point in time, you could watch the cartoon, and then the game show would come on after, and it would kind of be associated with the same. The The questions would be based off the countries and stuff that they were watching that day. You know, wherever Carmen went that day, then the game show would correlate. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen... Carmen San Diego never was my thing. Oh, man. My brother and I loved Carmen San Diego. We used to have... Uh, an old Car- Carmen Sandiego game for our Tandy 1000, man. Ugh. 
Yes. We used to have to put in the disc, turn it on, put in the boot disc, turn it on. Then, you know, you'd bring up your DOS, then take that disc out, put it in, bring up your uh, directory. You know, you could do slash W or slash P. And then, uh, oh, dude, we loved Carmen San Diego, man. We're not talking about Absolutely no Apple amazing. IIe time here. We're talking Tandy. Oh. Yeah, dude. We lo- hey, speaking of Radio speaking Shack. Speaking of Radio Shack, that's the Radio Shack brand. That's the Radio Shack brand, I was about to say. Now you know where we bought our first computer. Nice. Dude, I, I we just loved Carmen San Diego, and I was thinking about that today. Uh, mine, man, I just kept coming back to Land of the Lost. Uh, I loved Land of the Lost. Marshall, Will, and Holly, you know. Oh, but, but my see, gosh. The, I loved, do you remember when it came back in, like, the late 80s, early 90s? There I, was the... I've never watched it. I know it exists, but I've never watched it. The remake? Yeah. Not not the Will Ferrell movie? <laughs> no, no, not that. Or his character in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Marshall, Marshall Will and Holly. Yeah. Yes. That's so funny. It's awesome. Um, but, like, Land of the Lost just kind of sucked me in. I think, even though it was a horrible show, I mean, it was like, oh, it was like the eighth season of the original Star Trek, I guess. But, I mean, I, I, I think I fell into it. Like, there was an episode where the Slee stack that was intelligent and could talk to him. He thought he was in, he thought he was in his past because he had traveled through time. And then he realized, no, this was the future. His people had become uh, stupid and all this kind of thing. And it was really sad. And it really was, uh, it just sparked my imagination. Like, oh, he's went, oh, he didn't know he's went forward in time. And these people are Neanderthals and, it's an alien guy talking to these people. I don't know. I can't explain it. It just caught me at the right time. I know the show is is absolutely horrible to try to go back and watch, especially with that little monkey thing. But, oh, I loved it so much at the time. Oh, absolutely. I loved Land of the Lost. And that brings on the Have You Seen It. Now, I like both of our Have You Seen It today. I, I see them both, and I'm like, sweet, two good movies to talk about. And mine, we just watched today, and I really think Robin Williams' best movie for me is Hook. Mm. And I think it's the best Peter Pan movie, too. I I freaking love that movie. Such a good movie. I I almost couldn't hang with you, but you brought me back. Yeah, I'll agree to that. (laughs) Uh, you, You don't think it's one of Robin Williams' best movies? I think it's a great performance by Robin Williams, yes. Um, I've got a couple of movies ahead of that that I, I'll do before Hook, but uh, he, he's really great in Hook. It's really enjoyable. I mean, him going from the the father he is to back to Peter Pan is kind of magical. He does pull that off really well. Um, I still think one of his best performances is Good Morning Vietnam, but um, oh, there, there's just something special about him in that movie. Yeah. But... Yeah, Hook, Hook. I, I watch once a year. It's really good. Absolutely. And we just watched that today, and I was like, dude, this is going on my Have You Seen It? Because I freaking love this movie. Yeah, but, and uh, What's-His-Face's Hook. Um, not Robert De Niro. Nah, <laughs> Robert De Niro. Not, I said not Robert De Niro. Yeah, there's, it's a not D, Robert. there's a D there, yeah. Dustin Hoffman. 
Dustin Hoffman. Thank you. You know, he's not Robert De Niro. Yeah, and Boston Smee. Uh, gosh. If if you haven't ever seen the animated movie first, Hook really does a really good job of the of the Peter Pan story. Um, I don't know if you can get away with seeing uh, the animated Peter Pan and then go to Hook. Uh, luckily, I, I didn't see... I didn't remember a lot of Peter Pan uh, whenever I first time I saw Hook, so it was really enjoyable. Absolutely, dude. It's incredible. But I'm excited for you to talk about your Have You Seen It because it's one of my favorite movies. Well, that's that's why I brought it up. My, my Have You Seen It is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I love this. Movie. Now, this is a movie from my youth... Uh, it was the first time you got the Indiana Jones moniker in the movie title. The original title of Indiana Jones on the Raiders of the Lost Ark is, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, Indiana, the, the full title, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, kind of, you know, really called back to those uh, serial movies that, that inspired Indiana Jones. Um, Temple of Doom was such a dark take on a character you'd, you'd only had one movie of, you thought you knew who he was, and this movie, I just loved the tone of it, uh, and of course, that comes from Spielberg had his, was going through his divorce at the time of this movie, and it, it feels a little different, and a lot of people don't like it. I know a lot of people that just, they put Temple of Doom down on the bottom of the, leave it in the basement, and only have Raiders and uh, uh, <coughs> The Last Crusade, and I don't understand that at all, because... No way. Temple of Doom as such it was on TV the other day and I watched it again you know the, the the opening of, of being in a, uh, Saigon or wherever it is and yes. the whole Laoche and uh, the antidote and uh, the no time for love Dr. Jones you know See you in hell Laoche and he slams that door and it says like Laoche Airlines you're like oh this is gonna be good this is pretty bad but uh, I, I thought it fit well and of course the movie is uh, for a continuity guy, I didn't notice it at the time, but Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. It actually yeah. happens before, so the movies are out of sequence, um, and and that's I okay. Yeah. I mean, I love Temple of Doom. There's so much uh, imagery in that movie of places you you want to see. I mean, like the rainforest, the stuff they're in, the... Uh, uh, the uh, temples and the uh, the guy Molaram pulls the guy's heart out and he's still alive. You're like, oh my god! Guy dude, gets thrown into lava and the heart's burning in his hand. I remember covering my face in the theater. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that was the kind of movie that scared you, but you wanted more of it. It was yeah. I don't know that movie when I was a kid just got me psyched up for that. I mean, I really I wanted that the, at that time. The the whole dinner scene. Ooh. Uh, Chilled monkey brains. She asks for oh. soup and stirs it, and the eyeballs pop up. The eyeballs pop uh, up, and then the the bug room. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. I can't do the bug room though. No. Well, All right. well, I think we're at don't see it. We're at the don't see it now. Oh my goodness! All right, I got this though. Go <clears> ahead, please. Because let me say, uh, last week or whatever, uh, I was on night shift. And uh, I finally had the chance to sit down and watch a movie I'd wanted to see. Because I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And for some reason, I keep giving M. Night Shyamalan the benefit of the doubt. And I watched his movie from this year called The Visit. 
There's a reason why it's in my don't see it. It is a horrible movie. It is just horrible, horrible. And then you get the twist, and the movie takes a feel like, I don't know. I can watch the first, say, two acts, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I understand. Okay. Where's the twist coming? Where's the twist coming? And then the new twist shows up, and you're like, I, I understand the twist. I understand what happened at the twist, but I don't understand why the movie is going in the direction it goes. And I, I who cares about spoilers at this point, but I, I don't want to go into it. The movie's not even worth me explaining why it's so bad. Just trust that it is horrible. You do not need to see it unless you want to watch some old man wipe a dirty diaper in like a 13-year-old's face. And I'm not lying. That's a scene out of the movie. An old man craps his pants, takes his diaper off, and wipes it on the face of like a 13-year-old boy as he's crying. I can't make it up. It is a horrible movie. That sounds horrible. It is. It's just and what what what's bad is if he puts out another movie, I'm gonna watch it. Just because I'm a sucker, because you baited me with the sixth sense and unbreakable and then signs. And and I'll say them like that. I'll say sixth sense, unbreakable, and then eh, signs. You know, because signs isn't horrible. Because we know what horrible is. I've seen that happening. I would rather watch the happening than the visit. Oh, oh, oh. I would rather watch the awkward dialogue and just cringeworthy moments that occur in the happening than watch the visit again. The visit was terrible. Don't need to see it ever. I don't know. Yeah, don't see it. Now... Now it's your turn, my friend, and uh, I'll be interested to see how you tackle this because I'm excited for it. Well, uh, if I if I had the my chosen method would be just to bum rush it out the door. But anyway, um, I don't see it is the remake of or sequel, whatever, whatever the Ghostbusters movies that came out in 2016. Uh, my, uh, I did not pay money for this movie. I did not pay for a ticket for this movie. My son received this movie as a Christmas present from somebody else. It was not asked for. It was just something they thought he would like. <coughs> so, I sat down and for the purpose of reviewing the Ghostbusters movie. And I had to do it in two parts because it was pretty boring that I fell asleep last night. Um, Okay. Political I like what you're saying. <laughs> political issues aside with this movie. It's it's just not funny. I mean it's very ham fisted, uh very stiff, not well acted. I mean Kate McKinnon shines in the movie, I mean, because she's she's great. Um but, I mean, there's not a lot for her to do. There's not a lot for any of these actresses to do. I mean, these are all good actresses. I mean, I've seen every single one of these actresses do good work. I, and I've seen, of course, Chris Hemsworth do good work. And the way, what they're directed to do in this movie and the story that's told in this movie, it's just, 
it's fan service gone wrong, plus with a, well, you know, here, I just thought of this. It's like a Saturday night, it's like a two-hour Saturday Night Live skit, is how wow. this movie plays out. And basically direction. It's it's not a good movie. It is legitimately, my wife, who has no stake in this whatsoever, uh, second time watching it, she was like, this is terrible. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, kind of, but I've, I've got to, I've got to finish it. That, that's awesome. But now, now, if anybody that's listening only knew how little Sarah cares about anything we talk about on this show, like, it, it's not that bad. It's just her interests are are different than than the stuff we discuss on here. Oh yeah, and, completely. And, and for right, like, I mean, she is way different her interests and for even her to chime in on something like this is very big yeah this that that blows me away i mean to my surprise i mean i I knew i i i I have some bias about this movie i mean i'm just going to admit that but i mean to my surprise it was pretty objectively bad and it i just kind of sat there a, a gape like this this isn't really the movie, right? This is this. Oh my god! I mean, it's just bad. Ah, oh, don't watch it. Oh, don't watch this movie. It is bad. I mean, I mean, I get that Bill Murray is in it, that Dan Aykroyd's in it, that Harold Ramis is kind of in it. That I, I get those cameos. I, I get the references they're making. The, the literal Ghostbuster symbol shows up and starts acting. If, what what are you guys doing in this movie? It's... I don't know. And then throw out anything else about the movie. The political, anything anything you want to do. It's a bad acted movie. It's a bad written movie. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bad movie. It's a bad two-hour Saturday Night Live skit. That's, that's my review. That's awesome. I love every word of it. I could eat it up with a spoon... Mmm, that's awesome. Great review. I love it. Uh, and on that note, oh, wait, wait. I said so I took one for the what? team. I can tell you that much right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's horrible. All right, let me let me talk about some good stuff. Uh, and, and, Rick, I didn't even put this on the notes, but if you don't mind me just taking a second. um, I love the fact, and, and you know, this is to close out our year. I have loved the fact that we have started this podcast. If y'all only knew how long me and Ricky have talked about, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast. Literal years, really. Probably five plus years. Um, for, for me, you know, and I think for Rick too, if anybody else listens to other podcasts other than ours, our hero that we listen to podcast-wise has to be Scott Johnson. He was... The first and only real podcaster that I listen to on a consistent basis. Would would you say the same for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing I heard, I, I think you introduced me to uh, Extra Life Radio when it was still... The instance? Yeah. Oh, ELR? No, no. Yeah, ELR Man. when it was still a thing. Though, I mean, you were doing both the instance and that. I think the first thing, because you knew I didn't play WoW, uh, you, you went for ELR, which you know, is the right kind of, it was just really good. I mean, and I really miss O. I haven't heard O's voice in forever. Oh, I know. 
And, and, you know, that's that's really the type of feel. The ELR feel is what I strive for on on this podcast. I loved that podcast, and I still go back and listen. I have my favorite episodes where they go on little tirades or rants, and I'm like, that is hilarious. That is some of the best podcasting ever out there is ELR. And I'm just glad that we finally... I, I'm so I thought it was hilarious. the The reason we even started this is Amazon sent me a notification. Something on your wish list is on sale. All right, so let me check this. What do you know? It's a blue microphone. I send Ricky. I'm like, hey, check this out. Text back three or four minutes later. Okay, just bought it. I'm like, <laughs> what? 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 You, yeah, you're like, yeah, I just bought it. Let's well, do this. I guess that I guess that means I have to buy one too, Dadgummit. Hold on a second. I buy it mere minutes after this, and now we're like, what are we going to do from this point forward? We have to learn how to podcast. Amen. And it's just been a blast. And it took a minute uh, to figure I, it out. Oh, my goodness. Did it. Did it ever. And Ricky does. Let me just say, Ricky does 98% of the work. The only real thing I provide is a voice, and I pick up some of the cost for our premium subscription on SoundCloud as our host. Other than that, Ricky does all the recording. He does all the editing. He puts in all the junk in there, and uh, I appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, on the other end of that, 98% of the talent is coming from your end. So Yeah, right. Yes, that's the reason everybody loves my comic book stories. Oh, wait, nope, that's yours. The amount of knowledge this man brings to the table is overwhelming, and uh, I lean on those shoulders quite a bit, more so than y'all know. He edits out a lot of junk that we put on here, and uh, I'm just glad that we finally did this. Like, It has been so much fun, and we appreciate every single listener we've had. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you enough how much I look forward to uh, this hour, hour and a half every week. And, uh, you know, we we want to build, we want to make more, we want to do more, uh, but we need feedback for that. You know, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what your comic stories are, what you want to hear us talk about. Uh, you know, hit us back at our, you know, in any contact point you'd like. That's right. You know, everybody knows our social media. We say it at the end of each week. Also, something else that I would like to talk about is I don't know how much people, not only do they listen to podcasts, but do they play on YouTube. And I am a huge fan of YouTube. We're actually going to be, uh, hopefully, uh, soon, the next time we take an adventure, we're going to have all that on YouTube because I bought a sony action cam and it has a dash mount and i've been testing it out uh any of y'all go to our youtube channel just the not so southern gentleman youtube channel i did an unboxing video for a secret santa for a uh, group i'm in the comic trips group and that brings me to another point if you go to like ours and you see the comic trips secret santa and you're like what's comic trips you should go to YouTube and check out Comic Trips, really. That is for the collector, for the stuff that we discuss, be it comic books. We talk about talk about movies. The, the husband and wife combo that's on Comic Trips, Cat and Paul, 
they've had quite a big year as well. You can go and check out a bunch of their videos. They just posted their wedding video where they got married. And I'm telling y'all, it is one of the most epic videos you'll ever see. You have to go check out the video. You won't find a cooler wedding anywhere. Like, it was amazing. And uh, they, they deserve a shout-out. And I just hope that they have a great next year. Um, all of us that are in the group are totally pushing for that channel to grow. And I just can't wait to see where we go as well. That, and that's all I have. I just wanted to give a little shout right there. That's about it. Do you have anything else, Rick? No, all I've got to say is, um, you know, you can hit us back on Twitter. Uh, mine is at Ricky Westbrook. We can, you can hit back uh, at Not So Southern G's on Twitter. I'm at uh, Maynard98, and we really, 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 really want people to hit up our Facebook. I think our Facebook has like 30 some odd likes. And and for the amount of traffic that we bring, I can tell where, you know, we can go into our SoundCloud Adelinics and see. We Some of y'all are on Facebook. I know you are. Go to Facebook. Give our page a like. It would be greatly appreciated. And uh, it will give us one more way to communicate with you very much. For Not-So-Southern Gentlemen, and I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. And Happy New Year! Don't go anywhere. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Please hear me. Sean, no. please hear me. Please hear me. I'm here. I haven't paused you. No. Sean, no. You know, I thought of something clever I was going to say, but now I forgot about it.